Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's fucking delightful. And I'm feeling Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Rotor Report podcast in association with the Sun Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back at this late hour after the Sunderland versus Leeds United game at Stadium of Light, of course, which we won 1-0. Uh, to my shock and to the shock of many, I imagine, who saw the team that was picked and all the rest of it, but then sat back and watched in awe as a Mike Dodds masterclass developed <laughs> before us. And uh, joining me tonight is Chris. Hiya, mate. All right. Well, yeah, you've, you summed it up well, already. More than all right. I mean, I'm a bit I'm a bit tired, mate. I've got to admit. So I, I'm, I was like, even when I was talking to you before, uh, before we hit record, I was trying to get some enthusiasm in my voice because I have just watched my team pick up an unexpected <laughs> three points. Um, but I am a bit tired. But even still, it wasn't because of the game. It wasn't the game that made us tired. It's just been a long day. But what a win. What a brilliant win. Yeah. I mean, the, the the lads just put in such a brilliant performance. And I mean, we'll go straight into it because the game plan from Mike Dodds tonight, perfect. Absolutely perfect. I mean... I loved just watching everything about that game. It was just, well, apart from the couple of hairy moments towards the end where where we we came close to conceding some chances and that. But generally speaking, it was just it was just great to watch, wasn't it? It was like, I don't know how I really put my finger on it. It was just great, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it was it was a very kind of un Sunderland type performance, really, in 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 a lot of ways. You know that considering how we've been playing for the last kind of. 12 months or so but as soon as the team sheet came out I mean firstly after that performance I was surprised that he'd made kind of three changes in the starting 11 and and everybody was trying to work it out so everybody was trying to work it out from the order of the team sheet that was released and everyone thought and everyone presumed it was going to be the same formation with kind of four at the back two in front of them People were thinking, is it sealed in midfield? Is it or nine sitting in front yeah, of well, them? Yeah, well, everyone I was with thought or nine was playing in midfield, and I, and I didn't see this because I got into the ground late. But apparently, when they were warming up and stuff, or nine was warming up as a midfielder or yeah. something. I don't know. But the pitch is also the, the rumours were the rumours were going round sort of in the pub and then in the ground as to what we would be end up doing. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone really envisaged the the shape yeah. that we eventually went with. 
No, I mean, and and the pictures I saw as well, like in the warm up, they were training with a back four, and right. I mean, basically in the game, we we kind of ended up with this five two three formation, which was which was really fluid as well. The amount of players who just kept chopping and changing with each other, and it's funny because Dodds as well, he he actually made a point of saying, and I don't know if this is what <laughs> this was kind of reverse psychology or whatever, but he actually said before the game, he was saying. Oh, we've only had a couple of days to prepare for this, so we haven't had long. But you, you would have thought by our game plan and how the lads set up, like they'd been training, like they'd had an international break, they've had two weeks to plan for this because it was just yeah. the game plan was just perfect. It was, and and I said to like the lads I was with today, and I I don't mean to sound disrespectful to those who came before Mike Dodds, and I'm not saying he's like you know prime Jose Mourinho or anything, <laughs> but. It was just nice to what I think. Actually, I said this to you on the last pod about the last game. You can you could see the game plan on Saturday, and even more so on this occasion. I could see every move he was making. It was it was almost like a game of chess where he was sort of moving the different parts around, yeah. and 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 depending on what stage in the game, he, he kind of second guessed what leads were going to do, and yeah. you know it, it was just all very. It looked all very well thought out, didn't it? It was. I, I, it was like un, unlike anything we've seen for a long time yeah. where you know we've complained constantly about just having the one the, the, the one game plan and for a long time towards the end anyways under Tony Mowbray I kind of wondered whether it was just we don't have the players to change the way we play but then we've shown in this game tonight that we've more than got enough yeah. to be able to play different styles and that the players are are intelligent enough to play a different way because we knew Leeds would want the ball. We knew Leeds were going to come at us. Um, we knew they'd move it really, really quickly around the edge of the box. So we we looked so prepared. You bang on, like you bang on. It was almost as though we'd had weeks <laughs> to prepare for it. Yeah, and and you know what? I mean, as much as I don't want to give the the Baldy Knacker any any credit, it takes us <laughs> it takes us back to a little bit the running in League One. Come in that running, Alex yeah. Na- Alex mm-hmm. Neil had a had a plan for every game, and we set up slightly differently in every game in that running because he was planning for the opposition. Yeah, but the thing is with with, with Tony Mowbray because we haven't worried about it that much because we've played such good football. Like sometimes we've praised them for letting the players play by instinct and winging it a little bit, and I think the players have just getting used to that. But we've. I don't think we had a chance really to think too much about his tactics because, like I said, we, we enjoy that free-flowing football and the players kind of, you know, doing their thing as and when. But, you know, tonight's performance, the game, it's kind of reminded us that, you know, we can set up differently and we can set up to win a specific game. Because I tell you what, mm-hmm. you know, 10 minutes in, and I thought, you know, I thought Leeds are a good side here. It almost took us kind of 15, 20 minutes to really settle into our game plan. Yeah. And 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 I think that's partly because Leeds are just a good side and they came at us and we had to get used to that. Um, and there's players like um, Sealed who's kind of playing what must be his like third game or something like that in the starting 11. So they had to kind of get used to the pace of the game and they had to settle into that that game plan. But once they did, and and again, we have to, we have to remind ourselves how good this Leeds United side are and that the start to show us at the beginning... And we just yeah. we once we once we got locked into our game plan, that was it. They ran out of ideas trying to get through us, and we sat so deep with that five two three formation 
when we didn't have possession of the football. But the, the, the genius was that if you watch it back, that yes, we sat really deep and we, we, we kind of, we were really compact, but players kept charging out every so often just to put a little bit of pressure on. And then they ran back into position and it was just mm -hmm. this, to keep them on their toes, we kept doing this thing where we we almost kind of kept frightening them that we were going to do a big press, and then they played it back, and then we got back into position. And just the whole thing, even the small things about it, building off the West Brom game, how quick we were on the break, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, like you said, I mean, I, it was as if they'd planned every tiny little thing. And actually, I don't know if you noticed after the game, Luke or Nine actually said the amount of information that the coaches had given them. It was like, oh, he's just given us loads of information. But, I mean, mm -hmm. the way that the way the players have done that, because I, I don't think they've done that for a long time at a game plan like that. No, no. I can't remember the last time it was. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Burnley away last season, where we got the point at Turf Moor. I was thinking West um, Brom away. That was a little bit like that towards yeah, the end of the possibly. season. Possibly, yeah. There was a handful of games last season where I think Norwich as well, yeah. where you could tell we'd maybe gone there to give up the ball a bit more than we normally would. Um, but even then, not to this level. This this was yeah. like meticulously... I mean, it was so good that it almost feels like it was scripted yeah. in the way that we played. It was... Yeah. I don't know whether I'm maybe just lost in what I watched tonight a little bit or what, but I just, I just think it was perfect. I thought Mike Dodds and his coaching staff and the players got it absolutely bang on. And you said it there, they're a good team. Like yeah. the, the 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 lad Somerville, the number ten. Yeah. You can see he's a good player, but we didn't let him do what he's good at. We never really gave Dan James the the space he needs to run into to be dangerous. Joel Perot and Rutter, the, the front two for them, yeah. they barely touched the ball. They yeah. barely got a touch of it. And that was a lot to do with the game plan and a lot to do with just how good our defence was as well. I thought in, I mean Ballard was all right, yeah. He had a canny game. Um, but I think in particular, Jensen Sealt and yeah. Luke 09 at the back tonight were absolutely fantastic. Sealt, he never put a foot wrong. And the only reason he went off was because he was because he was hurt, I think. But he never put a foot wrong. He won every single tackle. He, you, you would think because he was kind of man-marking for a period of the game. He was man-marking Somerville. And he just won everything off him. I, I didn't see him put a foot wrong. He was brilliant. And you would expect that to be the kind of player who would tie him in knots. But clearly, you know, it's more proof of what, we've said quite a lot over the last year and a bit that with these players, they need time to be able to show what they can do and opportunities. And then when they do, you know, they're able to show their, their worth because, you know, Seal in particular, I kind of point out Trey Hume last season was in a similar position where we hadn't really seen anything of him. And then when he came into the team, eventually we saw what he's good at. Like there's a reason we've paid 2 million quid for Jensen Sealed. There's a reason. He's a, he's obviously a good player. And Mike Dodds kind of said that after the game. He he was asked specifically about Sealt and he he said, you know, well, he's a good player. That's why he's here. We've recruited good players and he's one of them. And, you know, it's, it's great for him to be able to get the chance to show what he can do. Um, but that was like, like you said, he's, what, his third start, perhaps, yeah. for Sunderland. So the defence tonight, yeah, were fantastic. Huggins and Hume as well. They, they both did brilliantly. Um, Trey Hume was outstanding once again. He's, he's really got back to form the last couple of games, I think. Really relishes the... He relishes the challenge of coming up against tricky wingers who have got all the ability and all of the skill, but not the heart and the desire sometimes. And there was a couple of occasions where I just think we wanted the ball more. Like, the goal was probably an example of this, because, and we'll come on to that in a bit, 
but that was Bellingham wanting it more than the goalkeeper, in my opinion. You know, it was there was there were examples of that all the way through the game where we just wanted it a little bit more. And on the back of having lost a manager who was clearly popular, I just think everybody deserves immense credit for being able to just get focused and put in performances like this. Absolutely. I mean, and again, listening to Luke O'Nine after the game, he, he straight away said it was the performance was for Mike Dodds. So he's clearly popular around the place as well, talking about Mowbray being popular, you know, in I don't think he was the only one in the backroom staff and Michael Proctor got a got a mention as well after the game. But because that's the thing, you're right in in terms of the players having to, to focus, not just, you know, not just generally on a game, but a game plan like that, if you're gonna we we've spent twelve months basically just, you know, doing our thing, keeping the ball generally having more than 50% of the possession. We have the majority of the football. We keep possession of the ball. Tonight, we had 38% possession. And mm-hmm. the game plan was to let them have the ball. And if you, if you do that, you've got, to have, you've got to have a mindset where you know for a fact, before you even kick off, you're sitting in that dressing room and you know you're going to have, a kind of, you're going to have some graft to go through during the game. Because without the ball... You're chasing, you're hurrying. I mean, it's hard work. And you know before kickoff that the game plan is for you to have to go through that graft because you're not going to have possession of the ball. You're going to basically let them have it and then you're going to try and nick it off them and, and catch them on the break. Um, so, that, I mean, like you said, that that mindset for those players to to be able to do that off a couple of days prep is unreal after the week they've had. And I think kind of Joe Bellingham touched on it as well, I think, before the game. Um, where they basically said it's been tough. It's been oh, I think Jack Clark might have said it before the game. He said it's been a tough week. So to to do that at, at the end of it all, and like you said, I mean, look, you could go through the whole team. You know, Huggins and I thought Huggins was brilliant. By the way, I mean, he was really yeah. up for it. He's old club, don't forget. That, that, yeah, yeah, you, you could tell as well. He'll have been. I'm sure he'll have been keen to point out to them how great he is. Yeah, Jack Clark as well. Yeah, and Clarky. Yeah, he was he was up for it. But but I mean, just to pick out Silt, one thing that really surprises because first ten minutes when I saw Somerville running at him, I thought, oh, hang on, have we have we kind of thought about this? It's the first time I've seen. Sealed up against a player like that, and I tell you what, for a big lad, he's enough quick. Yeah, there was. Uh-huh. I mean, the 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 tackle where he got where he, I think he got hurt in the second half. The lad, you you had a Gordon down the line thinking, "Oh, I'm going to beat him for pace." And I tell you what, Sealed kept kept up with him and put in a mm. cracking tackle and knocked the ball out for a throw in. You know, he's one of these players again. You, you nailed it talking about Hume getting games. You can imagine Sealed after a run of games. Being, being a hell of a kind of centre off, and the other thing as well, it seems to me like the three at the back suited him. He's comfortable on the ball to play on mm-hmm. that, like on that right side of the the back three, and yeah. it seemed he seemed to be comfortable there. He he did well the other, you know, when him and uh, Triantis played a, a, in a back four as well. I mean, he, he looked good that day, but at the same time. He seems to be comfortable getting the ball in almost at times. It was like a fullback position in. For, again, for a big lad, he looks like a proper traditional centre off. He loves bombing down the line, yeah. Like for, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he he just looks like a cracking player, and you know it, it'd be interesting to see um, see what we do now because the three at the back worked so well. But you could see us setting up differently depending uh, depending on the opposition. But yeah, I mean, like I say, you, you could go through the whole team. The the only one um, we might get onto it, but I think the only one who. <sighs> And I don't want to kind of call out 
people too much. But yeah, I didn't really get Bar in his no, role tonight. He, no, he was poor, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I, I, to be honest, I was sat at half time saying I would take him off because he, he looked like he was gonna, you know, like he was gonna cost us something at some point. Like there was always that worry, as, as sort of as well as I felt we played, and as good as the game plan was. I was just concerned about how good some of those Leeds players were. And it was like, right, we've had chances. We haven't scored. Are we going to concede a daft goal again? And I just felt like with him, he wasn't tracking back properly. When he was getting the ball, he was making mistakes. He wasn't a threat going forward. I just, like, I kind of get it to a degree because I know, I know they think he's a good player and they think he's a good dribbler. And he's had games this season where he's played down the right and he's looked really good. So, I sort of understand the thinking. And I think, to be honest, a lot of the thinking behind the team selection was like, we're not going to have much of the ball. We're going to need people to be able to press. Bar maybe playing would have made more sense than Roberts from the first portion of the game. And then if we see it, you know, let's be honest, we're sitting here talking about how Mike Dodds' game plan was perfect. Well, the game plan, if it was perfect, was to get so far into the game and then sort of turn the screw a bit and get, mm. and have our own chances. Yeah. Um, so would you get more from Patrick Roberts for 30 minutes than you would in that if you started him? I kind of get that thinking, but bar, bar really, it didn't really work for him. And yeah. I'm still kind of stuck with this feeling like he doesn't really, I don't really know what his best position is. I don't know what he is. I said, I said to the lads tonight, I'm like, well, when we signed him, he was a centre mid. I haven't played played him there really he's had a couple of games when he first came then he then he was like a 10 then he was sometimes playing off the left we've seen him on the right we've seen him in the eighth position but I, I, I don't know what he is I don't know where his best position is and it, it didn't work for him yeah I mean look when I saw him in the team sheet tonight my thought was he must do some really special things on the training ground because for me he hasn't done enough in matches to warrant being in the starting eleven, if you look at our other players, and I, I don't, I, for me, he hasn't done enough to deserve that. Uh, but at the same time, I'm willing him to do well because there's a part of you that thinks there's a there's a player somewhere in there. But mm-hmm. he, you just, and every time he gets the ball, you think, well, go on, do someone, go on, beat your man, yeah. go on. Like you're willing him to show you, and he never quite does, and. And and like you said, especially in that first half, because at times we were really struggling with Leeds as the high press that uh, Leeds had in that first half. Like the first 20, 25 minutes, we struggled to play the ball out from the back. And part of that was when Barr was coming deep and asking for it, the ball was coming into his feet. And every single time his first touch went up in the air. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and like he kept giving it away. And like he did it about three or four times in the first half an hour. And you're like... Like in the end, I think the player stopped giving him the ball because his first touch was so bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm at the point now where I'd, I'd love him. I'd absolutely love him to just put a run of performances in and, and prove everyone wrong. But at the minute, I just don't get him. I just don't get it. Mm. Yeah, well, I don't think he'll be starting at the weekend um, based on what we saw. But you never know. But yeah, I mean, I mean the, the performance in the first half, I would say we edged both halves really, even though... You read the possession stats out there that they had more, but I th- I think we we were the better team in the first half, or at least we created the better chances. I think our you know I'm talking about the game plan, and it was clearly for the first 25, 30 minutes the game plan was sort of sit back, soak it up, work leads out, 
don't provide them with opportunities and space to be dangerous, just kind of see it out. And then it was around about the half an hour mark. You just yep. sensed a change. We pushed 10 yards further up the pitch. We had a bit more of a go at them. And I think, to be honest, I think Leeds were lucky to go in at half time nil-nil because there was those two big chances that we had where Sealed nearly scored. Um, I mean, one of them was a cracking save from their goalkeeper going up into the top corner. And uh, obviously we had the one off the line. I haven't seen the replays, so I don't know exactly who it was, but it felt like one of those where it dropped and all it needed was just somebody to stick a toe on it and it was in the back of the net. And they get it clear, the scrambler clear. I know they had one off the line as well, but we had two men stood on the line where the ball was. We were always going to clear that. Where I felt with our chance, where we had a shot cleared off the line, I felt like that was pretty fortunate from a Leeds perspective. I think I think they really were quite lucky not to concede. So, you know, the first half, whilst, yes, we didn't dominate the ball, I think we were still the better team and I think we made the better chances. And, you know, like I say, if Sealed, if Sealed gets that one in the top corner... Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been sat there half time going bloody hell with being lucky. Well, for me, I mean, like you said, I, I mean, the first half an hour, I think Leeds edged it. Um, I think they they were causing us more problems with their press um, than we were. I mean, don't get there wasn't a huge amount in it, but you know, I, I just think first half an hour they were slightly the best side, and then the turning point for me was about on the half hour mark when Clark beat Gray down the left hand side and Gray had to bring him down. And he got a yellow card for it. Yeah. And that's that's what we got the free kick from where Pritchard crossed the free kick. And then there yeah. was that goal mouth scramble where the ball, the ball basically was going in and it hit the keeper without him knowing about it. And then Sealt didn't know much about it. And he tried to stick his leg out and then it got cleared off the line again. And there was that scramble. Um, and then we had a period of about five minutes after that where it was all us. But because we defended really well in that first half hour, even though Leeds were on top, they didn't really create much. I think their their best chance was, or their best kind of opportunity was in the first couple of minutes when Patterson had to palm that, you know, somebody kind of half crossed it and it was going right in the top corner and Patterson had to, to claw at it and keep it out. Other than that, they didn't really create anything. And um, like I said, we had that five minutes where we could have easily, um, we could have, you know, we had that sealed header, we had the, like I said, the goal mouth scramble where Leeds just got lucky. That was, I mean, it was a cracking save as well from Sealed. But then just after that, uh, Job had that free header from from a corner, and it was right yeah. in front of goal. Um, and he had all almost all the time in the world, and he tried to kind of right in the instead of just getting it on target because you're six yards out. He tried to put it right in the corner, and he, he put it wide. But yeah, we we had we had three or four brilliant chances. We could have, like you said, you, you're absolutely right. We could have went in half time in the league, no bother. Yeah, and second half, like I say, that you could see the change. So we yeah. came out after half time, and it felt a little bit like the start of the first half, where well, we we were comfortable to just sit off a little bit and just let them let them move it around without. But they never done really anything with it. Like I, I, I think Patterson had maybe three saves to make in the game, but they weren't. wasn't like it, you know he was having to stretch stretch across to save a certain goal or anything we were in many ways it was a bit like watching us at times recently this season <laughs> against teams who sat off us and we just couldn't break them down and never really looked like scoring I never really felt felt Leeds were going to do anything and then after that bar sub and then the, the the change which brought on Roberts and then the change in shape which we saw you know we kind of went back to a back four when Seal went off and and looked 
look like a threatening proposition. You know, Ekwa came in and yeah, the team the team just the team shape and everything, we just you, you saw the shift. We went from being fairly defensive to to moving into a different shape. But then when they brought on Nonto on the wing, we had a totally different game plan for when he came on the pitch. Yeah. It was almost as though we knew what to do when he came on. It was like, right, when he comes on, do this, because we went back to a back five and Clark then became a left wing back. And I mean, he got nowhere near Nonto at any point, by the way. But you could, that's the, the pleasing thing for me was when he came on, I just seen the team shape shift and everybody knew what the job was. Everybody knew what they were supposed to be doing, where they should be stood. It just worked. And, and you know, like I keep, I'm banging on about the, the, the tactics tonight, but for, for good reason, because it's just nice to see, isn't it? It's nice to see the, the shift on the pitch. You know, we, we knew that Leeds were going to, if the, if it wasn't going their way, they had a bunch of players on the bench who were all game changers. You know, yeah. I know Bamford's not having the best season, but Bamford, like I said, Nonto, I think Jaden Anthony came on, didn't he? He was a good player. So they, they had players on the bench and we knew that at some point their plan B would kick in and it would be right to get the, get the other players on. And we had an answer for it. It was just, yeah, flawless. Yeah, it was. I mean, the, the one kind of thing I think we maybe slightly got lucky with or got away with, um, it was about the time when uh, Silt had to come off for, for Equa, but it was when they broke and Jack Clark found himself as last man. I think he had a bad touch and Somerville looked like he was going to go through. And I was amazed that the linesman on the side where the dugouts are didn't flag because Jack Clark had hold of his shirt. And I think it was only because Somerville tried to kind of keep on running that the linesman didn't flag. Yeah. But when he, and then I think if he'd lost the ball, they might have brought it back. But because they ended mm-hmm. up having a shot, he kind of got away with it. But yeah, like I think if Clark didn't, hadn't got hold of his shirt, I think Somerville was away. I don't think Clark was catching him. No. Uh, it was, no. but it got, I mean, we, we talk every week with all of those, all of the decisions that go against us. So I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, like, <laughs> we, no. we, we deserve one um, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was the only that, and actually that was that was, before we scored. I think that was basically the only time where I thought Leeds kind of looked like you know that they were going to get in behind us and like actually break yeah. us down. Um, and I think that was kind of a fluke the way the way that happened. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, again, th- those changes of shape, especially when Equa came on, we had a bit of flexibility there, and and Equa kind of sat in front of them because actually, and we'll we'll probably get onto it now, but um, the goal came from Equa being on the floor winning the ball. Yes, it did. And it was a it was a pretty free flowing move from us. And but then we got we got very, very lucky, of course. It deflects off Alex Alex Pritchard's face. But what I would say, and I and I talked about this before uh, uh, on the last pod, Job's instinct to gamble, it's a striker's instinct. He scored a perfectly fine goal the other day doing exactly this, just being in the right place at the right time, you know. It's 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 an uncoachable trait that some players have. Yeah. Good strikers all have it, where they're just in the right place at the right time, and you know he he, he could never have known what was going to happen was going to happen. But what he did was is is he pushed on, and all right, yeah, we get fortunate it deflects off Alex Pritchard's head, but it, he's he's in the perfect place. And as I said before, I just think he wanted it more than the goalkeeper. I did in the end. I think he deserved the goal on that basis alone. Because the goalkeeper, he's got to do better. But Joe, in, in in the interview after the game, kind of said, you know, I didn't really know 
what I did. I just got my head on it and I got clattered in the process, but I'm glad I scored. But like I say, I just think it's a it's yet another example of where he's got that uncoachable ability to just be in the right place at the right time. How dare you off Pritchard's face. It was a it was as, <laughs> it was as good as assist as the one he did with the outside of his boot at the weekend <laughs> of his face. Well, well, um, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't seen it back. <laughs> so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have that one. I, I just think him being in the right place at the right time, you know, <laughs> Was the, was the main thing I, well, I took from that. Are you being serious, by the way? I, I genuinely have no, no, no. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, <laughs> you've got me second it's, guessing it's yourself. To, it's it's hard to tell by the replay what what Pritchard actually meant, <laughs> whether he knew much about it or not. But the, like you said, I mean, look, going back to where it started, and it's it's again. I talked about it at the weekend, and I was I was surprised actually if, uh, after the weekend that Equa lost his place because I thought he might get a bit of momentum after after his performance against West Brom. It's funny as well because you think, well, Ek was being, you could argue he's being dropped, but, you know, for tactical reasons or, you know, he's probably explained to him why he's being dropped or why he was on the bench. But then to come on and, you know, Ek was quite, the way he plays isn't kind of to throw himself at stuff. He's more that, you know, he intercepts things. Yeah. And for him, you know, to, to kind of, be battling and on the floor and I think he won it twice and then he knocked it to Dan Neal while he was still on the floor basically you know goals come from things like that you know moments where somebody's throwing themselves at the ball winning the ball and then you catch a team on the break and I thought it was you know it was brilliant the way the way Ekwa did that and we talk about Dan Neal as well a lot of Dan Neal's game in the past has been to look up and play a pass and kind of just you know, kind of sit. Yeah. But when he won the ball, he drove forward, played a one-two, and then drove forward again, and then played it out to the right. I can't think it might have been out to Roberts or whoever was on that right hand side. But Dan Neal probably, you know, by playing that one-two and driving forward with the ball, got us kind of thirty yards up the pitch. But you know, by by doing what he did, instead mm. of playing that long ball that he's or, you know, a past defeat that he's been doing and kind of just staying where he is. But it's another thing Dan Neal's added to his game. But, but yeah, I mean, after that, you know, you could argue, um, you know, there is a bit of luck. But the thing is, you're absolutely right. What what Job did, he made something of that bit of luck. Like, if yeah. he didn't... If you watch when the ball gets played out to the, uh, to the right-hand side, when Dan Neal plays it, th- there's a cracking angle from looking from the left-hand side across across the pitch, where you can see Jack Clark and Job at the back post. You know, you're talking just over 10 minutes to go, nil-nil, and Jack Clark and Job are busting a gut to get into the box. I mean, they're sprinting at the back post to get into the box. And then when we get that bit of luck, you know, they've they've done the hard work by getting there. And yeah. and then he's he's just brave after that, and you know risking getting clattered. Like you say, the keeper should get it. I mean that that's yeah. the keeper's ball basically. But uh, but yeah, I mean and and chuffed for for him as well because he must have been even though we got all three points, he must have been gutted about that offside because yeah. you know there was you know it was nowhere near. So pleased for him. And then and then after that, you know you talked about Leeds getting you know having a bit of pressure, but you know for me they still they just didn't look like scoring. No, no, they didn't. They didn't, and um, you know, in the end, we got the three points, and that's the most important thing. At the end of the day, we're we're still six in the table, but that keeps us right in amongst the the other teams vying for those playoff spots. And 
really reaffirms that we're a good team. Those those last two performances and results show Sunderland are a good side. We've got good players. And we are a lot more flexible, I think, than than people maybe give us credit for. And and you know, we I think we really needed it. You know, on the back of the defeats that we've had, we really, really needed that performance and that result. And yeah, it just gives us such a great platform to kick on from here. And I'm over the moon. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> these two performances, especially the way we've set up tonight. And I'm gonna chuck something at you that with my in terms of Mike Dodds, it's very easy to get carried away with the two performances and the way he set us up to play against Leeds, especially. But at the same time, is it difficult to ignore what he's done in these two games? No, no. But I just think, uh, you know, I've you've got to take a longer view on it. He was never meant to be a long-term appointment. No. He's just coming to shore it up. I just think it just shows we've got good coaches at the club and the yep. players know them and they work well with them. I, I, was, I think what it does show you is that the wheels keep turning whenever we change a manager now yeah, and that absolutely. you know it there's been there was no need to make major changes just little tweaks but you know i think it just shows that he's a good coach and i think the next manager coming in is going to really look forward working to him and i think for him yeah. it's gave him a boost and maybe a, a you know i'm sure his self-confidence is is better off from these last two performances because after the first spell in charge where it was disastrous mm. Uh, the caretaker spell when we were in League One. I think he needed it. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be, get, I'm not going to get too carried away on the back of this. I think he's done fantastic, but, you know, he's just going to make a great, um, you know, maybe a great assistant or a, a great head coach to, to the next person coming in. So we'll wait and see, won't we? We'll wait and see. But, you know, yes, I think Mike Dodds has done fantastic, but I'm not going to get too, too carried away. Speaking of getting carried away, the three word reviews on Twitter, we do a handful of these because people do like to get carried away after the game. Um, John Rama says tactics bang on. Brett says perfect game plan. Jeff Ram says new special one. Referring to McDonald's, I'm presuming. Um, flexibility finally present says Chris W. It's not you, though, but, you know, Chris W. Yeah. 1987 on Twitter. Definitely not you. Um, Cam, yeah, Cam says accomplished defensive display. Matthew says Job's a striker. Gavin Moon says Guardiola idolizes Dodds. Um, Bilbao Blackcat says keep Dodsy on. The question mark on the end. Uh, Rig says still one still. Martin Wiggum says give it Dodsy. Hazy says well set up. Uh, Paul Jones says Roberts to start, and we'll end with Shane Hagen, who says a little bit horny. Yes. <laughs> just just quickly though. That point about Job, Joe, you know, Job being a striker. It's interesting though that people are saying that obviously because he got the goal, but you're talking about an 18, just turned 18. He played, he played up front for a championship team at the weekend and should have had a goal. He played in a deep midfield role for most of the Leeds game and then ended up getting a goal when he switched roles. I mean, for for a lad who's just turned 18, it's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Nah, well, he's shite. The Birmingham fans told us he was shite. So, anyways, you know. Anyways, yeah, we know we know what Job can do. I'm looking forward to seeing what more we can see from him going forward. Because yeah. it's only been the first half of the season. I'm sure he's going to get even better. Uh, cheers, mate. Yeah. We will be back with a preview at some point through the week. And maybe talking about a new son and manager. You never know. Um, so, let's wait and see. Emergency pod. <laughs> Yeah, emergency pod at some point, I'm sure. Um, cheers, listeners. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you donate to the Soup Kitchen fundraiser and buy the book. We have more on sale. You can get them from the Love Supreme website or shop. And yes, we will be back with a preview. We'll see you then.
Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.